0: one
1: hey everyone this is marissa carpico from the pop Break.com. i'm the uh film editor there and i'm here with our tv editor uh, matt taylor hey everyone
0: i was yawning sorry for the delay
1: <laughs> i was like matt <laughs> <laughs> are you there it is early
0: saturday morning people early by like 11 o'clock <laughs> yeah <laughs> and, I, and I, this episode is brought to you by coffee
1: yeah this <laughs> yeah exactly um and yeah, we're gonna talk. We're continuing our um, podcast series on uh, the Oscar nominations. Um, we're gonna do director today, which is a, a B- BFD in quite a quite a category for many reasons. Um, and the nominees are uh, Alfonso Cuaron for Roma, Spike Lee for Black Klansman, Adam McKay for Vice, Pavel Pavlikovsky for. Car- Cold War, and Yorgos Lantimos for the favorite. Um, we're just going to dive in, because we're going to have a lot to say about each one, I'm pretty sure. Alfonso Cuaron uh, for Roma. Um, I, I assume you're happy to see him on here.
0: I am, yeah. I mean, it's, it's funny. He's sort of like, in my mind at least, the obvious winner to both in terms of like who I'm predicting to win but also mm. like who deserves to win. And it's almost boring because I'm like, well yeah, obviously he de- he deserves it. But like, no, I am happy for him. He's really really he's a talented filmmaker. I even when I don't love his films, like, I I truly don't get the like the hype around Children of Men, but like I think he's really a, just a talented filmmaker and I'm happy to see him get here for a movie that for a hot second I really did wonder like how much of a chance it had at the Oscars, so yeah. this is a nice victory lap for him, I think, and for Netflix.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think it would. It, I again, not a film I connected to particularly, but um, impeccably made. I, I I can't argue with him winning.
0: I think what's funny, not to spoil our thoughts on the next four nominees, mm-hmm. but truly, I think he's the only one of the five nominated. May, maybe there's one more who I think would would deserve it. Like I think they picked a. A weird batch of nominees this year, and I'm like, well, let's give it to him. Like, yeah,
1: yeah, I, I, that's interesting. I, I, I'm gonna have to think about that as we talk. Yeah. <laughs> like truly, truly work through those emotions uh, live on on air. Um, <laughs> <laughs> what are your thoughts on
0: Alfonso? We never actually talked about him really, um, even like uh, off mic. So, like, what do you what do you think of his works in general?
1: Oh, I love him. He's great. I love Gravity. I love um, the uh, one Harry Potter film he did. I think it's the, it revolutionized a, 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 f- a franchise that needed a kick in the pants. Um, and I know a lot of people hate that one, but I really think it's excellent. Um, yeah, I, I, I like him a lot. I think he's great. I, I would not, again, I would not be sad if he won. I think he's a wonderful director. and um, Gravity should have won a couple years ago. I said it. Uh, like for Best Picture. It, it's a, an incredible piece of filmmaking. Um, it is.
0: And it's a shame that the narrative around that became like it's only good in the theater because it's not. It's really, really good. <laughs> like it's emotional blockbuster filmmaking.
1: Yeah. Uh, we're going to um, – not to preview things long before their time. But we're going to start a, a podcast basically after this that, that breaks down individual Oscar years in the past. And boy will I have a lot to say about that fucking year. Oh, boy. Get excited, um, people. It's going to be fun. <laughs> get excited to hear me shit on some movies. I get um, excited
0: to see just how gay I am. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Love it. Um, so the next one is Spike Lee, Black Clansman, which I, I, you know, listen, again, I've said it um, on other podcasts within this series. I think Chirac is my favorite of his modern works. Um, and I think there are times when this movie gets away from him, but... He's a great director, and if it's for his career, I w- I'm not gonna get. I'm not gonna get mad. I'm not gonna get mad.
0: Yeah, I low key want him to get a career Oscar. Like it's it's so insane that he he has never even been nominated for director. I mean, like he's so fucking talented. Even his movies that aren't great have such life to them. Yes, but I'm like like how could you not want to celebrate that? Like he he is a really gifted filmmaker. I've truly only seen one film of his which is his old boy remake, which I think he's disowned at this point, um, mm-hmm. that I think is truly bad. And, like, I think he's just great. And with Black Klansman, you know, th- this is... We're going to talk about Vice in a minute. And mm-hmm. I think both this and Vice are doing very... Trying to do very similar things of, like, mm-hmm. offering this very energetic shot of um, snapshot of history. And he pulls it off so much. It feels almost... And this is like, going to sound like a diss, but I don't mean it that way. Mm-hmm. Like a video essay on white supremacy and um you no
1: you're totally right
0: and it's so so effective and i think a big part of why that why it feels that way is because of the editing as well like not just the directing but you know he did it, it's a really phenomenal piece of filmmaking and i hope like you know i think alfonso cuaron what he, what he's doing with roma is like a technical marvel and like kind of like a kind of like a low key landmark but um yeah, yeah. But what Spike is doing is really incredible and I would love it if he won. I hope he takes home an Oscar. on Oscar night. He deserves it.
1: Absolutely. Yeah, like Quaron's film the, it's interesting to put these two in comparison to to each other specifically because they're such different ideas of uh what to do with a film. Basically like Quaron's f- is all about these long takes and this huge fr- like wide frame and and really deep focus. Um for basically the whole thing i mean there's always so much going on in his frames and it's about like putting together a story from what seems just like the um not even a story but like a a, a, it's like a like a film basically something compelling to watch from basically just like letting life unfold in in a strange way in in a big picture sort of way in this epic scale and spikes he's dealing with a what what is really a pretty epic story realistically with you know a, a, a black cop pretending to be a white guy um, and joining the the KKK. Um, but his, his view is very like personal, but also you're right. There is a video essay about uh, white supremacy in there. Like the, the scene I always think of, of like as being the best in the film is the, the a birth of a nation section. Oh yeah,
0: absolutely. That is, yeah. that is such good filmmaking I mean, like, Ugh. genuine chills thinking about it.
1: Yeah. I, I mean, I was sitting in the theater thinking, like, it what an unbelievable th- just, like, moment in history and filmmaking to see him talking about Birth of a Nation, what it means, and which is something so academic and, like, really for film history people. But, like, he's putting it in a larger context for people who don't understand, like, what it meant and, like... Making it accessible to, like, people who didn't go to film school or whatever. No, um, yeah. Um I
0: watched it with my parents over the holidays. And mm-hmm. um my parents are not film people. Like, especially, like, my mom is, like, does not really care about movies whatsoever. She mm-hmm. had never even heard of Birth of a Nation before yeah. watching Black Klansmen, And, like, was just, like, it's, like, she was, like riveted by that scene and was like so deeply disturbed by it and like when Harry it's Harry Belafonte right in that scene um Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. when he's talking about um like whatever president at the time like invited like had the screen at the White House it's like it's chilling and very like sad and um yeah just it's such such good feeling he did an incredible job and I am I convincing myself that Spike Lee deserves best director like on air actually maybe (laughs) (laughs)
1: Yeah, yeah, I can't, (laughs) right, exactly, like, I just, that scene alone is so good, and also just to have Harry Belafonte on that, in that screen, uh, in that scene, who is such a, like, a, a, a paragon of, like, black people in cinema, and is, is one of, I mean, I, I love Harry Belafonte, I saw him, he's in Carmen Jones, which is one of my favorite movies of all time, um. And I, when he saw, when I realized it was him, I was like, oh my God, this is so cool. Like, there's so much film history going on in this scene and, like, multiple levels. And for someone to pull that off and make it so, just, so memorable, even months and months later, it's the thing I remember most about that movie. I Like, I totally would not be mad if he won.
0: Again, I hope he gets something. It's really insane. I <laughs> wish they released that movie in the winter. Like, on a pure, like... Or fall like on a pure, just campaigning strategy. It's like, what was the thought with summer? I guess it made it was a pretty big hit. So like, yeah, I guess, it made me.
1: It made decent money, but it is. It's the. It, I agree. I think it was. It would have been a better fall release.
0: It would have. I think, be seri like seriously one of the front runners for best picture right now if it was released mm-hmm. in the fall. And instead, it's like. One where it's like maybe, but
1: who yeah. knows? It's sad. It's it's a total afterthought. It, you're right. It, it 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 got it burned out all of its its buzz too fast. Realistically, mm. um, but yeah, I would. Both of those would be wonderful. Um, the third one wouldn't be horrible. It's Adam McKay for Vice, who is basically just like copying what Spike does, um, but in a smugger way. It's the most
0: directing of the year. I will I will I will say that. <laughs> it,
1: it, it is it that's the perfect way to put it. It is the most directing of the year.
0: It's just like I don't know, I mean, like like we were just saying, he's making a video essay also, but it's so like you know, if this was like a YouTube video without any major actors, like the comment section would just be like, well, yeah, like it's like i don't I truly don't I've said this so many times, like I don't get what he's going for with this movie, why he thinks what he's sharing is so revolutionary and yeah i granted i will again totally like we, we discussed this in the episode when we actually reviewed vice um big short work for me on some levels because i um don't understand w- like wall street and the stock market or anything like that um like i know politics very well and i'm very well versed in like current events and so watching vice to me was like low-key infuriating because i was like why are you acting like this is all like things that you want you covered. But like, so your miles are very and if you don't really, like I've cert- heard all these people saying like, oh, like my friend group or like I was surprised by this information. And I'm like, okay, cool. But like, yeah. I wasn't, so it doesn't work for me. And I'm, maybe that's like a fault in my view of the film. But, um I don't know. I just, no. I truly think it's like, is there anything that revolutionary about this filmmaking in here? He's made better directorial choices in his like mainstream comedies, I think.
1: Yeah. No, I think um, that was my problem with the big short is because I do like I follow all that financial stuff and was pretty well versed in in all of what was happening. So it was bizarre to me that everybody was like, oh, it's so so cleverly tells you how this works. I was like, does it like it's it's really not that hard. Read a fucking newspaper, you fucking idiot. (laughs) Um, Like it's just more like both of those. Those reaction like enjoying those his films to me his more commercial is his more recent work not not the like comedies is about like they only have mileage if you are not aware of what's going on and that speaks to you more than it does to the film like that's a fault in you, not a not a a, a an advantage to the film do you know what I mean
0: no yeah it's it a sort of thing like. I don't know. I I just think it's so in both films, so condescending the way he does it, and it's yeah. I don't know. It just rubs me the wrong way. I actually look back. I just got it up. Um, I didn't even nominate him in my personal about for The Big Short, which I did like more, like in, in mm-hmm. Best Director. I I his directorial style with these like prestige films just bothers me on some level. Yeah. Even though I did like The Big Short. Um, yeah.
1: It's so smug his directional style, really. He
0: he's just I don't know you know his best directed film is honestly Step Brothers yeah so, Step Brothers is great I love
1: Step Brothers when he you know like it, it, what's his name putting his balls on those drums is iconic
0: that movie is a genuine comedic masterpiece and like truly <laughs> disturbing and I think David Early tweeted this because uh, I, I don't know I mean, someone tweeted it that I, I respect I respect um, that like he, he like stepbrothers explored like the the downfall of America better than vice. And I'm like, (laughs) you know, maybe like, I kind of see that.
1: It's not wrong. It's not wrong. (laughs) Um, yeah, the thing about the reason I think I like vice more than I did, um, have unending hatred for the big short is that, uh, women are people in vice. Mm. Um, even when they're Lady Macbeths, they're still people, but, uh, women are ornamental, literally ornamental in, in, um, the big short, you know, again, I would, nobody want. I am not going to argue with seeing, um, Margot Robbie sitting in a bathtub drinking champagne, but it's so obnoxious. The way he uses women in that is so obnoxious and like sort of part of the problem that I, I just, I can't believe people like that fucking film. Um, the next one is Pavel Pavlikovsky uh, for cold war, which was a shock to everyone. Um, Except, it's be-
0: credit where credit's
1: due, Chris
0: Tapley, um, <laughs> who was one of the best Oscar predictors, I think, out there, called it, like, in December. And I wow. remember reading that article and being like, what is this weird hot tick he has here? And then when they said yeah. it, I'm like, damn, I can't doubt him. <laughs>
1: like, yeah, yeah.
0: That was, a, And what a pleasant surprise, honestly.
1: Yeah, it's a very, I, you know, I, I, I was colder on it than you were, but um, it's. I can't argue with the directing. Although I will quote a friend of mine when we talk about um, things that should have been nominated earlier or later in the pod, um, and what she compares this to. I'm excited. I'm excited. (laughs) And the anger of it. Um, But yeah, I, I think it's a beautifully directed film. My, I will say though, my my issues with it stem from, I think, a problem of directing, which is like it's just too it's too sparse. I think it just needs like it moves so fast, like. The way the reason David Lean films work is because they're four and a half hours long. Like they take you ten years (laughs) to watch them, and they really do. (laughs) (laughs) And I've literally been watching *Lawrence Lawrence of Arabia* for like ten years. Um, uh, I, I, like it's too quick for me. This, and I think he's doing he's doing he's being efficient as a storyteller, but I don't know if this story sticks to the bones in an hour and a half. Like. I, I think about it because it's nominated for a lot of stuff, but it's not like um, to use another example of, an, of a of a movie about wartime and um, like romance. I I love The English Patient, but I don't love this, and I should, and I'm not sure why. It's
0: definitely the sort of film that I found very hard to get emotionally invested in. Mm-hmm. And more more so in the weird because of the writing with it where, like, yeah. you never really get a sense of the characters, which um, yeah. didn't necessarily bother me because I was so involved in the story, like, from a technical level. It's, like, it's yeah. the sort of thing – I think the length works because it's so short and concise where I didn't necessarily care about, the like, needing to know the characters. I was more just like, okay, this is just 90 minutes. I can, like, be involved in this movie from a technical level for 90 minutes and, and – yeah. It it's interesting. It's a, it's the sort of movie that like I've only seen two of his films, This and Ida, which was like which was pretty big in its year as well. Um I think that was 2014 or 2015. And um that film I was very cold with for whatever reason even though it's technically very well directed and this film worked for me. I don't know. He's a he's an interesting director. Um
1: Yeah, I'm not going to I I'm not going to um ding a fellow Pollock, but I it, it just it is Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Um I just don't. Uh, there's just something missing for me in that movie, and I, I'm not cool. I think it part of it is like you're right. It's it's so fast, and you can pay attention to the technical stuff, but like I just don't think I'll think about it in ten to fifteen years, which I, I think is should be the should have been the goal of this. Good mm-hmm. um, comparison with the English Patient, though. That... yeah, it's the like, it's like that kind of thing, and I think the English Patient is full of so much like swooning uh romance and and passion and this feels so inert in a way, like emotionally. you um, We are
0: so overdue for another swooning historical romance like
1: that's what I am saying. Yes. I need that. Yeah. Um it's the favorite. No. <laughs> um <laughs> speaking of, no. Uh the final person nominated is Yorgos Lanthimos for the favorite, which I, I I cannot believe, like, three years ago, me would have been, like, this fucking lobster guy. Um, (laughs) But I liked The Favorite a lot, and it's it's great. I love it. I I wouldn't mind if he won.
0: So my thing with, I love The Favorite as well, but um, the funny thing with him being nominated for this is that I think the script for The Favorite is so good, where, like, What makes that movie work is almost nothing he brings to it, and I think he. It's a very well directed film. He does a fine job. I don't think, though, comparing his filmography, or I've never seen any of his um, Greek films, but um, his Mm. English language films. um, I don't think he evolved as a director in any way from those films. I think for just he finally like stepped away from the like the the typewriter and was like. Oh, like I'll work with someone else's script, and that's what made this click for me. So, like, not a bad nomination, but I just you know. think I don't think this is like a a directorial showcase. Weirdly enough,
1: mm. I he, I mean, you're not wrong necessarily that he hasn't changed his style or anything, but I don't I don't think I I think part of the like skill of being a director is like realizing your weaknesses as a, and then <laughs> compensating for that and, and he's finally done that with this and, and realistically he has to make a lot of great choices here i mean he he helps he gets these great performances out of these actresses who are already good but like mm-hmm. you know he's willing to they he must have created a set where they were willing to go that so far um he works like,
0: very well with rachel lies um, right right she's and the he, best thing about the lobster.
1: Yeah, yeah, there's not. there's and there's a lot of bad things about the lobster <laughs> um, like and and realistically he has to say like I want this costuming person and, and, and I want this sort of grimy stuff and I, I want these fisheye lenses all the time. And so I I actually don't I, I would I think he's he did a nice job with this it, it, despite not Mike liking most of his work before this. Um, I actually wouldn't be mad at him winning. The only one I'd be mad at is, is Adam McKay.
0: Yeah, no, that's true. I would not care about Yorgos winning. It's more like I'm more just like he didn't make my ballot, and I was like that was my mindset of like, oh, I think the script will
1: make that movie work. But, yeah, um, but again, I don't think that's um, like the fact that he realized that like the thing that's not working is maybe my own writing and yeah. did something else. Is, is speaks to a you know some sort of skill. I mean, he he chose to direct it. So
0: I hope he doesn't write his next few films. I, I need a break from that. Just like. That pessimism. <laughs> like,
1: yeah, yeah, ugh. yeah, yeah. Totally. Um, yeah. Uh, who else? Oh well. Uh, we have a
0: lot of people we can discuss for this segment. Yeah, I'll,
1: I'll, will throw the. Well, let's just talk about it. Let's talk about Bradley Cooper for *A Star Is Born*. Um, and what my friend said was, um, should it been, should it have been more austere and more suicide, like. <laughs> Which is, you know, it was a shot at Cold War, which, you know what, I, I do see the point there of, like, his his work is so lush, and I was pretty harsh on it when the film first came out, because I, I didn't love the shot choices, um, but I, I think I am rethinking that, because of uh, I, he's not trying to make a film about everything else, even though I think that's a weakness of the film. He's purely making a, a, a film about those two people and their romance and if you look at it from that perspective it is very well done
0: I um you know my working theory on why he got snubbed is that I just truly think that the directors who are on the nominating committee for this this award of the Oscars I don't think they like when actors step out of their bounds and direct a movie because I immediately thought of Ben Affleck being snubbed for Argo where he was yeah. thought to thought to win and which I think is a low key insane, but whatever. We'll talk about that in our at some point in the future. But yeah. um like it just I, I just I truly think they there's all those um there's that great meme set that's come forward what from the director's roundtable of like a bunch of the directors just giving Bradley Cooper this look at the table as they're talking about their their skills as a director. And I just think like, yeah, there was probably this like little bit of resentment of like here's this guy who's... I don't think he's ever directed a film before. And,
1: um... I think, yeah, this is his debut.
0: And, like, coming forward and, and like, talk... Like, campaigning primarily as a director instead of an actor. And I think that probably
1: rustled some fe- feathers, honestly. <laughs> like... Yeah, I, I think he... Well, I mean, I said this at the time. I think he made a mistake in, in sort of pushing that narrative because uh, he, he clearly wanted a director's one and I, I, I think he might have deserved it. Um... But It you're right. It is an ego thing. The, the whole industry is built on egos. He, yeah. sh- he probably should have pressed for actor and then probably would have gotten a director anyway just because people like him. Um, but the campaigning has been a disaster basically for A Star is Born, re- realistically. In terms of him and Gaga, they've both been sort of um, hesitant to do the traditional thing and it's really paying Paying off that they didn't do anything, because now they're going to basically they're probably going to get shut out for the most part. On yeah, I agree.
0: Tonight. I agree, which is which I feel bad for. I'm like, I mean, I don't like. I weirdly like. There seems to be this narrative that we'll talk about actress more later, but like that Gaga's, like really desperate for the Oscar. I don't think she is. Like, I mean, she's off at Vegas right now doing her re- her insane yeah. looking residency. So I'm like,
1: oh, if like, she were desperate for it, she would have campaigned.
0: Right. And I, I I, think Cooper is far more desperate for um, yes. awards tension right now. And, he, yeah. I mean, I, it's actually funny how much he's been nominated and never really had a chance at winning. Like, there was mm-hmm. that, like those three years of Silver Linings Playbook, American Hustle, and then American Sniper, back to back to back. And it's like, when you think about that streak, it's kind of insane he hasn't won an Oscar
1: yet. Yeah, it's interesting. Well, the problem with those films is that he was always... Um... Very good, but not as good as the people he was up against. Like, yeah, he's he's good in in um, in American Hustle, for instance. But uh, Amy Adams gives the performance of her career. Um, oh yeah, hard agree. Oh <laughs> my god, and like he's good in Silver Linings, but Jennifer Lawrence is the person you look at in that film because she's so compelling. On like the camera loves that bitch.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, she, like, and that made her a star. I know Hunger Games was that same year, but mm-hmm. Silver Linings made her a star.
1: Yeah, it really solidified for people that she could do all the things, even though she would basically already proved that people actually saw silver linings. Um, and like, yeah, he uh, and he's very good at American Sniper, but it's such a uh, people hated the message of it so much, re- re- you know, justifiably that it it didn't. I th- there was no chance in a way. Yeah. Um, and that was wasn't that Leo's year? That was, yeah. And that was, was, there was no chance. There's no way you're going to beat Leo at that point. God, that
0: movie feels like so long ago. And, like, really, American (laughs) Sniper was, like, less than five years
1: ago. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Well, we're all aging at at least four times the rate we should be at this point. True. Um, But, yeah, it's just funny. Like, I never would have thought Cooper
0: would get a director's snub. And then I was like, oh, wow. Like,. I, I feel bad for him. I'm like poor
1: poor Bradley. I know like, poor Willage. I, I, I that's why I used to call him from Alias. I, I, do you think there's a that, that Jennifer Garner is behind the scenes sabotaging the men in her life?
0: I love that. <laughs> I really. I I hope so. Like, I want Je, Je, anything for Jen to have fun. Like <laughs> he also brother Cooper broke Renee Zellweger's heart. So I hope it's like a oh. like a first wives' situation of Jennifer and Renee teaming up <laughs> behind the scenes.
1: They're the secret behind. It's really like the quorum is really like if the, in the first Wives Club like narrative, it's um, it's those two and Reese Witherspoon are really controlling everything behind the scenes.
0: But Reese Witherspoon actually might be because like I just Holy. I just Holy. love that Reese Witherspoon has made her career now like reading books, buying the rights, and then being like giving projects to her friends. Like it's yeah. like like here's a movie for you, a TV show for you. Like I love I love oh, that. There are great women in
1: Hollywood. People, <laughs> like, yeah, you and you know she's the ringleader because she hasn't given given anything to Jennifer Garner yet, which is just every day. I think, why? What did she do? Not bring the casserole back?
0: There's so much. Oh God! Like I want to know so much. I want to hang out with these
1: women. <laughs> yeah, I would love to make cookies with one of these people. Um, anyway, yeah, so and, director. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> who else? Who else do you think got snubbed?
0: Well, I actually wanted to talk. Um, there's that the whole narrative now, again, um, on Twitter that I've been seeing a lot, where a lot of people are justifiably saying that, like, oh, well, another year of directors and no woman nominated. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, yeah, Greta Gerwig was nominated last year, but I was going to say, before, Gre- before Lady Bird, like, it's like, you know, it's, it's not a secret to say, like, there are so few women that have ever been nominated for Best Director. And yeah. then there's that horrible counter-narrative every single year from, like, the bros of film Twitter who don't want to ever be perceived as sexist but are like, well, did woman do anything this year Um, in the director's chair? And that is leading me to my long way of introducing that Mariel Heller, in my mind, is one of the biggest snubs of the year for Can You Ever Forgive Me? Because people, I think, truly don't get the genius of how she made that film. Like, that movie is so just, like, in this very particular tone of, like, funny but tragic. And I think yeah. it's incredible with the way she sets that film in, po- like, like I guess you could say post-AIDS crisis New York. Like, maybe, like, the tail end of the AIDS crisis. And, um, like, so many people don't get that that's what she's doing with that film. Like, it's so subtle in the way she does it, but she makes this one of the best queer movies, I think, in years. I know a lot of queer critics say that. And then a lot of people don't even realize it's a queer movie. Like, I've heard from numerous people who didn't realize that the character Jack has um, AIDS until the credits because um, it's so subtly handled and, like, Mm -hmm. people aren't used to films that, like, deal with heavy topics like AIDS without it being the forefront. So I just think what she's doing as a filmmaker... Is so incredible, and also as a she's a straight she's a straight woman, and like the empathy she has, and I know it sounds it's so like the bar is so low where it's like she has such empathy for a straight for a straight person to tell an LGBT story, but like she does it so warmly and so maturely and subtly that it, so few directors approach it that way, and I think it's insane. I think anyone who's saying that what like what women. Like, that woman didn't bring anything to the directorial table this year. Just don't yeah. understand directing, because it's like, yeah, it's not the loudest movie, but she's doing incredible work behind the camera.
1: It's certainly one of the most impeccably directed films of the year.
0: There is, and then, I mean, like, there are so many other women that have, like, um, that have done great things this year. Lynn Ramsey with You Were Never really There, which is, again, a movie I did not particularly care for. It's so... Mm-hmm grim did you see it you were never really here
1: um no it just seemed like something I didn't I never had the emotional space for and and still have not but I probably will eventually it's super grim but like yeah.
0: the only reason it works at any level is because she's directing it and she did an incredible job um, and then you have tamara, tamara Jenkins who did um, private life which is very well directed so you know and I'm sure there are more than I'm think I haven't seen the writer yet but Chloe's house. Oh but God, but yeah loved. that
1: that would have deserved that, uh, to work with non actors and and get these beautiful shots um, in like magic hour light or or like just just generally that that film is so like intimate um, that that totally would have deserved to honestly.
0: I need to watch that um, before it's, it... it's very
1: lovely. I mean, he, it's about it's about American masculinity and like the reframing of it. It's it's really smart. I, that is a really lovely film.
0: Um, yeah, it just—it's funny. I—I I always kind of like chuckle, but roll my eyes at like the way so many film bros act. Like it's—it's it's the same narrative every year of like, well, did women direct any movies this year? And it's like, yes, they did, but just because it's not the loudest movie in the world does yeah. not mean that it's not directish. Like, yeah,
1: and you know why it didn't get any fucking pl- like push because it's a woman who directed it. it, it, it on the basis of sex, is directed by a woman too, right?
0: Yes, that's, the, that's the, Felic- the Felicity Jones. Yes, um, that was um, Mimi Leader, I
1: think. Yes, yeah. And, like, that's a really well-directed... Like, she gets good performances out of those people. And it's well put together and looks pretty nice. So, yeah, there's tons of stuff this year. Just nobody took it seriously because a lot of it was about women.
0: One of the most annoying things from... Uh, oh, actually, I'm looking at my spreadsheet now. Also, there was Deborah Granick for Leave No Trace, which is really well-directed, too. Oh,
1: shit, that was such a good movie.
0: It's it's insane. The idea that, like, oh, like, women didn't do anything this year on camera is, is nuts to me. Yeah. And it reminds me so much of last year with the whole narrative about Lady Bird of, like, well, did Greta Gerwig, like, like, it's so, like, not really, like, the director's not the strong suit of it. And I'm, like, she created a movie that feels, like, instantly iconic for so many people and, like, yeah. joined the teen movie canon, I think, almost within, like, it's, like, not even its premiere, yeah, and I'm yeah. like, that's not just something you can just do. Like, it's like she made like a fucking classic. Like, it's, yeah. like, What do you want from her? <laughs> like, yeah,
1: well, that and like, you know, I think the way that I think about it this year about um, blind spots in terms of female-led or female-directed or fe- largely female-made uh, films is that uh, mid '90s got a lot of attention because it, it um, is about what is typically a male-dominated sport. Um, and was is made by um, uh, an actor of medium talent in his first directing thing um, and it's not a good film it's a shitty film with some real problematic shit in it and it's just a bad it's not a good movie mm-hmm. um, and Skate Kitchen also came out this year or that year last year which was basically the same subject matter um, told in modern day not in the 90s it wasn't some wankery nostalgia piece where you know, you could use being an ass, excuse being a fucking asshole for period, um, like by by a time period without actually interrogating any of those things. Um, and it came out months beforehand and is one of the best movies I've ever seen and is smart and is made of like, has all of these non-actors as well and is looks better and is more interesting emotionally and yet no one even fucking heard of it. Everybody was like, "Oh, like all these, you know, br- film bros were excited about mid-90s but had never heard of Skate Kitchen." And it's the same fucking thing and it should be better. And that one this
0: the way Skate Kitchen was ignored, it's like that was Magnolia, I think, who's not like they're not a major studio by any means, but like in the indie landscape, they're probably like second they're to big A24.
1: Deal. And they pushed it pretty like they pushed it as much as you know they can. Right. Like I saw the goddamn thing, and uh, some people saw it. But like, it's not even about. It's not even about the push. It's about people wouldn't take it seriously because it's about like the people who should be watching it would not take it seriously because it's about female sk- uh, skaters and not um, not male skaters. It's not nostalgia for them, so it doesn't matter. Like it wouldn't even register because there are people who had heard of it. They just ignored it.
0: It's so. This year is very frustrating with just the narratives that formed around some of these categories. And this one definitely bothered me. It's also a shame, I think, that the tale went to HBO because Mm -hmm. I think if it went to any studio, we would be talking with Jennifer Fox for a Best Director nomination, Mm -hmm. which which she did really, like, just in terms of, like, what she did with, like, making a quasi documentary turn into a. Uh, like a drama is insane and that's very impressive to me and i understand why it went to hbo because that is not an easy sell that
1: movie but um (laughs) yeah like but you know it's a shame but why isn't it in a a way you know Mm -hmm. like again just because like we have to start taking uh, female stories more seriously and like making the time for them realistically like you know fucking Like the subject matter, again, you could even make a draw a line between that and like, um, we were never really there because they're both about like young girls and, and sex trafficking or, you know, sexual assault by Mm -hmm. older people. But like, one is sent, one is centered around a a man and that, and it gets up a lot of attention, which is, it's also part of the Lynn Ramsey of it all. But like, it's interesting that the way those things got taken very seriously and differently. Like, one is a major work and another, the other is, um, like a tv movie you know yeah
0: it's you know there's a lot of frustration on, on a lighter note um in terms of just snubs i would have liked to have seen christopher McQuarrie get it nominated honestly Ooh. like yeah that movie is really really well done and
1: we're talking about mission impossible fallout everyone, oh in yeah in case yeah. you don't know who christopher McQuarrie is what a what a good movie that was God. <laughs> it's a great film it's a perfectly put together film it's a masterpiece and i was um, really
0: hoping that barry jenkins would get in because yeah. I just think that I know like I'm much um warmer on that movie than you are. Is that I guess warmer makes sense. Yeah. But um like I love that movie and I think his directing is so spot on. And yeah. I just he's one of the people I can I will, I will watch anything he does from going forward. Like
1: Yeah. Oh uh, same, same. I think he's doing Underground Railroad right. next,
0: which is exciting.
1: Oh shit. Um I actually agree with you. Like I, di- I again, I didn't. I've said it many times. I, I didn't love that film, but I think it, it's been impeccably directed, and I wouldn't have been sad to see him nominated.
0: It was a good year for di- directing in general. Like, yeah, a lot yeah. of really like great entries from major directors.
1: Yeah, totally. Um, and I think that wraps up our director talk. Uh, we'll be da- back in a couple days. Um, I think we're going to be doing picture after this one, um, in terms of what what's going to get posted. So. Look out for that. That'll be quite a conversation because there's nine of those or whatever. It's um, the big one. It's the big one. I'm I, Sorry, there's eight of them. Um, yeah. All oh, wait, right, can we just say in. how happy yeah. we are that
0: Green Book did not get a Best Director nomination?
1: <laughs> Woo! Celebrate, y'all. That, you know what? We're, we're happy. <laughs> That's a segment just for this podcast. We are happy that Green Book did not get nominated and we are happy that fucking Bohemian Rhapsody did not get nominated.
0: That's can it. Can you imagine what that would have been like if Bohemian Rhapsody got nominated and then like the next day that Atlantic piece dropped like oh my god I feel like they would have to like issue a statement of some kind like yeah they'd, ha-
1: they'd have to pull a glad and be like oops nope <laughs> like can't be nominated Bye. even
0: though I was also a side eye that because I'm like glad the movie's homophobic like yeah, the gosh. glad awards not to shit on glad who's a great company but yeah um, wonderful wonderful organization wonderful organization but like looking at the nominations always makes me laugh a little bit because it's yeah. like Crazy Rich Asians got a Best Picture nomination, and I'm like, I love that movie. I'm like, there's one gay character in it, and he's like like third-tier cast
1: of yeah. the movie. Yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> it's, it de- glad definitely should have known better with Bohemian Rhapsody for a number of reasons, especially the open secret of Brian Singer. I've been saying this Brian Singer thing for about two years now. I can't believe that it. it didn't become a bigger deal until now.
0: Um, and I mean, apparently it's not a big deal because as of the day we're recording this, um, he still is not going to be fired from Red Sonia, the movie he's directing. So you know, <sighs> I don't think that movie will be made. I want to go on the record of saying that. I I yeah. cannot imagine a single actor working with him. Yeah. Any, any
1: actor who does, I'm going to be like, oh okay, like. Well, yeah. But... Anthony Rapp. Anthony Rapp said that on on Twitter. He was like, any actor who works with, who who joins this film, you're going to get fucking flamed. Uh, like you got to watch out. There's no way. Um yeah, fuck fuck Red Sonia. Um but yeah, that's that wraps up our conversation. Tune in for the picture uh talk. Uh thanks for listening, everyone. Hi everyone.